0: What's good? Welcome to another episode of the Spitcoms podcast. I'm Tyson Haskins. Hope everyone is doing well. With Spitcoms, we interview the people who made our favorite TV shows, and then we rap about those shows. Much like most of the fashion world right now, we're throwing it back to the 90s today. Now, growing up, every single week, I was watching Home Improvement. It's been over 20 years since it was last on primetime television, so if you don't remember, the show stars Tim Allen as Tim the Tool Man Taylor. He's a family man who is a low-rated cable tool show host, and he's assisted by Al Borland, played by Richard Karn. Tim's desire is to improve the world around him by giving everything more power, quite literally, but usually he ends up hurting more than helping, much to the dismay of his wife, Jill, Tim's got a problem, so what does he do? He goes out to the backyard, talks to his neighbor Wilson. Wilson gives him some valuable advice, and then Tim corrects his mistake and learns a valuable lesson, and that's usually how the show goes. But as I've been thinking and preparing for the interviews for this podcast, um, I kind of had a realization that I really admired looking up to a main character who was willing to take risks to make mistakes and to learn from those mistakes. I also reasoned with the people in his life who he was frustrating quite often, mainly his wife, Jill, and his assistant that I just mentioned, Al Borland. Now, Al was kind of a career second banana, and he knew that, and uh, it frustrated him because he was so much more competent than the guy who was hosting the show, which really led to a bunch of fun interactions. They had a great back and forth with one another, because of that, I grew up loving Al as well. And so it's an honor today for me to have on the program Richard Karn. Welcome to uh, Spit how do I look? Richard Carn? You look so good. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, if the little me could have known that I was talking now, Borland, he would have lost his mind. <laughs> we like to start off with the Spitfire round. A few quick questions to warm us up. I mean, you just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Okay. More iconic, Al's beard or Al's flannel?
1: Wow, well, one has grown and one is bought. Favorite tool time mishap? I think it was when Tim just couldn't keep from laughing. You know, when I was wearing the 10 gallon hat, he uh, he just couldn't <laughs> look me in the eye. He could not look me in the eye. The funniest cast
0: member? Well, there has gotta be Tim. Any wise advice that you remember Wilson saying?
1: Well, every week, every week it was something. I think it was don't sweat the small stuff, Tim.
0: What do you miss most about the show?
1: Uh, The camaraderie. Something that you can count on every week, getting together and having a good time.
0: Last time you watched an episode?
1: (laughs) Uh, A whole episode? I, you know, I can't remember. I think I've been waiting, and I'm not sure why, but I think I've been waiting to just uh, soak it all in.
0: One day you're gonna just binge them all. Yeah. That'd be great. Best Home Improvement catchphrase.
1: I don't think so, Tim. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: yes of course thanks for being a good sport and doing that with us you were originally hired uh, for the pilot to be tim's assistant on tool time but you were just supposed to be there for the pilot is that correct
1: yeah yeah so i was just originally hired to fill in for steven topolowski they were bringing steven back and and they told me that and i knew that um so they would they had scripts written but they kind of pared them down of my character, they probably took some stuff out. I'm I'm not sure. Maybe beefed up Tim's role. So uh, most of the first few episodes was me just kind of in the background, um, reacting, uh, not doing much, not not forwarding the story that much, just just being there.
0: And I'm just glad that things worked out. Like it's hard to imagine anybody else being in that role. So I'm glad that they they saw something. Even well, you know, it's part.
1: very hard to put together a show. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you have a lot of things to consider. And the big things they were considering for Tim's assistant was somebody that didn't seem like Tim. And that's, you know, because I knew the producers, they felt like I was a lot like, like Tim. Uh, they wanted somebody older, they wanted somebody taller, they wanted, they wanted a very different kind of Matt and Jeff feel to it. But you know, once we got on tape, um, a lot of things separated between Tim and I, and, and uh, we did become a lot better on camera.
0: What don't people know or understand about what went into the making of Home Improvement?
1: Um, I guess a lot of work. I, I, I mean, we, it looks easy. It, it, we make it look easy, and, and you can be fooled. But there's hours and hours of writers Coming up with the ideas, putting them together, rewriting them, and then we we took a full week to re- rehearse so that it looked like we were just saying it off the cuff. I, I apologize about, for my voice. I I've been um, taking this spray uh, because I had COVID. Really, and I I um, it, it was kind of a, a a clearing of the congestion or whatever like that. But it also kind of I messed up my voice a little bit, so that's why I I sound a little strained.
0: Wow. How are you holding up now?
1: I'm fine. I I think I had the mild case. You know, I lost sense of smell and taste, but um, I didn't have have the hardcore stuff.
0: Hopefully, you got to enjoy dinner a little bit.
1: (laughs) As I told my wife, I said, it really feels good. You know, the food felt really good in my mouth.
0: Speaking of your wife, I remember she was a part of the show. Is that right?
1: Yeah, she came in third or fourth season as one of Jill's sisters, uh, Carrie.
0: How was that working with your wife?
1: I, I mean, I was ecstatic, and then I was like really nervous. I really it, it hit me that you know what if it didn't work? What if what if the you know she didn't feel good about the scenes or or yeah you know because they changed her character a lot in the first couple of days. Um, she started out as being a, a kind of a flight, atten- a flight attendant for a private jet, and then she turned into being a, a, a camera uh, person. And so she had to learn how to work a camera and make it look like that's her profession. She did a great job.
0: Yeah, she was great. How how much improv would you say happened during the making of the show?
1: Well, we you know during rehearsal we 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 would kind of. Improv, but we had the script, you know, so we didn't have to rely on improv a lot. I mean, there, there was one episode where we didn't have the joke and it came down to the, the last day. And that was the episode where, where uh, we built a, a soundproof room. We didn't really have a good rolling joke there. So, you know, Tim just said to me, he says, okay, listen, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to make it look like I don't know, you can't hear me. And then I'm going to come out, and then you go in and you say something, and uh, and that's kind of how we left it. And you know, Tim does the whole thing like uh, you know he closes the door. Can you hear me? You know, and you can't hear him. And he he opens the door. And it's like huh, ah, like that. And then Al is totally <laughs> taken in. He goes in. He closes the door. and He goes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me, Tim? Okay, well, I should be the host of this show, you know, and and he just goes off. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? In that case, I should be the host of this show. And another thing, that's a stupid haircut you have.
0: So Tool Time had a lot of other very memorable segments as well. Uh, You guys built rooms just for men. What was your favorite out of the men's bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, dorm room? I think
1: the kitchen. I think the, the men's kitchen was funny because we had Benny and Benny mm-hmm. did a bit, you know, where he was in, he was the butcher in the, in the walk-in freezer.
0: Yeah. Jim <coughs> and, Labriola. He uh, didn't
1: have pants on. That was fun. That was very fun.
0: That's funny. I don't know if, did that one make it to the actual episode or was that, that just in the bloopers? Cause I, I think it was just that. the bloopers. I yeah. think they
1: use that in the bloopers. <laughs> Which by the way, they never told us about, you know, when the bloopers started or when we started watching the show and there were bloopers, you know, they didn't, they didn't tell us they were going to do that. That was just something that, that uh, was, was created and they liked the idea and just kept doing it. Al's mom is the butt of many jokes. Do you know where that originated? I think, uh, I think the writers just like, you know, mom and fat jokes. Yeah, You know, they, they really wanted some fad jokes in there. And so they made Al's mom, you know, so huge. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think that was just jokes that they felt comfortable about writing. My parents, on the other hand, were very mad. My mom and my dad, well, actually <laughs> friends of my parents goes, you tell those writers that your mom is nothing like that
0: everybody felt disrespected a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even Tim. I mean, he came back after the first couple of seasons and he goes, I got to be nicer to Al. People are hitting me on the street.
0: That's part of the, the, the charm of the show. And, and Al always got back at Tim as well. You know, I feel like he always got the upper hand at the end of the day.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But not mean spiritedly. He, right. he did it, you know, by being better. Definitely. The better man.
0: One of my favorite episodes is the one where Tim inspires Al to sell his tool time board game. Um, I made a tool time board game in second grade. I thought it was so cool. Uh, What do you remember about that episode?
1: I I remember being a little, you know, personally disappointed because, you know, they had Al building this thing and then he jobs out the wiring to China and it it, – and, you know, it's cheap wiring. And, and I just, I felt like he wouldn't have done that. I felt like he would have been a little more responsible.
0: The problem is the wiring. It looks like use 26-gauge wire. and this is definitely an 18-gauge wire setup.
2: What does that mean? He's got 500 board games that you can barbecue ribs on.
1: <laughs> but, you know, for the joke to work, you had to go there. So I mean, that's kind of what I remembered.
0: That's a great point. Al would have definitely looked into the quality of the board game before he started to sell them. I think that's a great yeah. observation. Yeah, yeah. Now, your character got engaged to two different ladies over the course of the show. Is Richard Carr on team Eileen or team Trudy?
1: I really, I really enjoyed Eileen because yeah, you know, we were fun together, and I and I liked her, and and I think the writers thought that she was too good for Al. I, th- I think they. They wanted somebody that that they could i'm not I'm not quite sure, but they they wanted to change it for whatever reason and um, they brought in Megan, who Tim had worked with the summer before he had done a movie with her and you know Megan was great too i you know I liked working with her, but i I really enjoyed the uh, al and Eileen relationship. I think it grew strong.
0: Do you have any stories about real injuries or near misses? From all of the fake accidents that happened on Tool Time, did anything go haywire for real? Well, y- you know, the there
1: was an episode where <clears throat> we're taking uh, linoleum off a floor instead of scraping it, like you should. Tim brings in this this cat and dumps dry ice on it to, to make it brittle, so that you could you could do it that way. And so we rehearsed the the, the cat, you know, the little uh, uh, like that with the, with the arm up with the dry ice in it, and he would come up onto the flooring, which was, I don't know, about eight inches, uh, six to eight inches, uh, dump the, uh, the dry ice, and, uh, you know, that, there was a big joke uh, with another thing. But just as we were about to film, the director goes, you know, I, I can't see you clearly. Can you bring the arm of the, of the cat up a couple of inches? And so he does, but we don't rehearse it, you know, with the different equilibrium. So when, when it went up on it, it rocked back, it way rocked back and the look on Tim's face and I'm standing right next to it. I mean, the thing could have rocked back down and crushed my, my feet or whatever, but everybody rushed over to see if Tim was okay. And I'm standing there going, Hey, you know, I'm the one that could have got hurt. (laughs)
0: Right. Oh man. Well, I remember that episode really well. It's, um, you're showing off your mom's teacup collection and it comes down, smashes that as well. How did they get that? If, if, it was so crazy. How did they get that to smash it so perfectly? It did that. Just work uh, out? magic of editing. Uh, what holds up best about the show to you, and what do you feel hasn't aged very well from the clips that you've seen?
1: Um. Well, I think I think the comedy holds up. The physical comedy of Tool Time. I think the family stories, um, <clears throat> the lessons learned, are all you know really um humanistic and we didn't you know we we didn't do anything that was of the time we didn't we didn't do references to certain things that happened during that time so it it kind of like is ageless and i think that that's what really makes the show last in uh, you know over the years
0: in every episode of our show spitcoms we like to include references from the show That we're talking about and include them into a wrap so do you have a home improvement tool time reference for me to throw into the wrap
1: uh yeah yeah uh, there was a tool time where al is uh, afforded the opportunity to host and he finds out just how tough that is we did this great bit you know because um, we had seen it in network news where where they ran some uh, some tubes up in over my hat and and dripped uh um, what was supposed to look like sweat you know they just kind of poured water through my hat and as, as that's happening and and uh actually uh, tim still does the bit where al is so frust- frustrated and he, he's he's trying to finish uh, talking about the door the most common decorative molding are the casings which go around the doors and windows and the uh, baseboards, thank you, Tim, which go on the, uh, uh the... They go... Mm-hmm. Bottom? Bottom of the walls! <laughs> and Tim still does that. He's, you know, every time he sees me, he goes, Oh, hey, Richard, bottom!
0: <laughs> All right, we'll include that in. The bottom... So in every episode of our show as well we like to include interviewing an actor from the show and then maybe one of the writers or the the showrunners from the show who do you recommend we reach out to to get more of an inside scoop I,
1: I recommend you reach out to Carmen Finestra he's he's also the one that edited the show for syndication you know they took a a good couple of minutes out of the show so that it could run in syndication but they never they really never touched tool time they left tool time intact mm-hmm.
0: Rightfully so. So you've done eight seasons of Home Improvement. You were the host of Family Feud for over five years. You're getting to host this new show with Tim Allen. It's, uh, it has a lot of the aspects of Tool Time and of Family Feud kind of fused together. How's it been working <laughs> Yeah, together? you're right. It does. How's it been uh, being with Tim again?
1: Uh, you know, it's like falling off a bike. <laughs> 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 it, it's a lot of fun you know, working with Tim and Tim has changed, you know, he's gotten a little more serious in certain things and, and uh, a little more political, which, uh, you know, we have very spirited conversations off camera uh, and usually right up to the point that the camera's rolling, you know, he will just uh, doggedly, uh, you know, not give up a point about something until the moment where, you know, we're rolling.
0: Can you tell us what the show's about?
1: Yeah, it's a competition. Uh, we go out around the country. We find uh, so far it's been one person in their own workshop, and we have them build something. And they get ninety minutes to make a build, and then uh, we pit three of them against each other. And then we take two, and then the two that that win the ninety-minute build-off then go on to a five-day build where they have to incorporate that build into the other build. And it's you know it's something about fixing, building, creating maybe making it even better, giving it more power, oh, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's
0: awesome. Um, and that premieres on a History Channel pretty soon? Yeah. I wish I could just talk to you all day. This is the coolest thing for me. As a seven-year-old kid, I watched this show, and it just taught me how to handle difficult situations with optimism and humor. And I'm, I'm forever grateful that you impacted my life in that way
1: forever. Well, I'm, so glad, so. I'm so glad you were able to do that. You know, a lot of people can't seem to uh, tackle a good argument without getting upset.
0: It's benefited my life
1: greatly. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Thanks, buddy. You take care.
0: Thanks so much to Richard for taking the time to do this. It was so much fun talking to somebody who I grew up emulating. If you'd like to watch Richard Karn and Tim Allen's reunion, their new show, Assembly Required, is on the History Channel right now. And now we have another amazing opportunity to hear from one of the minds that put home improvement together. In fact, he was one of the creators. He's one of my heroes in the industry. This is Mister Carmen Finestra.
3: Hi. Thank you so much
0: for doing this.
3: Uh, thank you. I see a, I see part of the set of uh, Tool Time behind you.
0: A familiar I see background. That tool
3: Time set. Are you in it, or no? I'm kidding. Good <laughs> zoom background.
0: Thank you i wish i was in it uh it was a dream of mine to visit the set when i was just a little kid i watched every single episode i waited every week for it to come on abc it was uh a great relief to me in my childhood and taught me a lot of things so thank you
3: well that's nice thank you for saying that um you know what would have been great is of course you'd have been too young is i guess you probably figured out that it was the real audience that sat in the tool time set those weren't actors Unless we were pulling an actor out of the set, you know, for a, but for a those were always, we were, they were taken from the audience, just put them in there. And uh, yeah, that that was fun. In fact, uh, once in a while, I'd have friends who came to the show and I was always edit the show for syndication. So they were always going to be in it. They were never going to be cut. The shots of them, in the audience are never going to be cut. So uh, sorry, I can't do that for you now.
0: <laughs> That's all right. Can we talk about how you worked through the stages of making the show? Did you reach out to Tim once you saw his comedy special and, and tried to figure out?: uh, Well, first if you of all, the, a show
3: together. First of all, Matt and I worked together on the Cosby Show. Matt and David had gone to college together. We came out. We wanted to do a show about a strong dad, and we had, you know, all kinds of ideas. And then the studio showed us Tim. Now, Tim was not the. He signed a deal with Disney. I don't know if you know some of the things they suggested him to do. They that one heard about
0: a Turner and Hooch, Turner and Hooch
3: kind of thing, dead poet society. (laughs) Imagine Tim Allen. Now, Tim always wanted to have a family and a tool show. You know, he saw that. And I mean, he had other odd ideas like he it was his idea for the neighbor, he only saw from the uh, nose up. uh although he ask about
0: that did the network have any pushback about that idea
3: well one of the studio executives said you're not gonna stand for that you got to get that guy out of there well when we did we hit his face anyway people loved that every week now yeah we got we got pushback um and uh the other thing tim wanted what was this there was a neighbor across the street so far away he only looked this big, but we weren't it wasn't a film show. I said, can't do that. But and he also like thought the guy that Wilson would be at this late night at FM disc jockey. And uh, then we sort of came up with the survivalist guy, Wilson. We took a lot of time to be with him. We went to his home in Detroit, kind of, you know, got the feeling of who he was, his interactions. Silence so, so the three of us really kind of we uh, were always on the same page. It was just a matter of, uh, you know, as he was always, and we always kind of diffused anything. If He said, yeah, well, you know, he'd, I'd come down he'd say, you know, this line doesn't work. I said, well, you're not doing it right. I said, what do you mean? Well, I'll, watch me. So I would say the line then. I was great at Pratt Falls in the theater. I would say the line, do a Pratt flip over the couch, hit the hit the uh, the dining room table. Aud- the tech crew would laugh. I said, see? Well, then we changed the line, you know. Yeah, well, we saw, anyway, to answer your question, we saw Tim, and we spent a year writing that pilot. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas was uh, the first one we cast of anybody after Tim. And I can still remember him walking into a studio, into the ABC network with three or four studio heads, three or four Disney executives, five or six ABC executives, this 10-year-old kid, just nailing this dialogue. So he was the very first kid we, we cast and uh, turned out to be. And then he became the teen throb, JTT. JTT. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure uh, as a young boy, you, you probably got a great amount of joy out of watching those boys in the show.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. The, the boys were
3: just, you know, jump off of roofs, anything they wanted. You know, they were real boys doing real boy things. And 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 the fun thing was, she was always trying to domesticate them, and he was always, you know, trying to you know, get them to be boys. And I right. think one of absolutely. you remember the
0: episode with um, Mark going to the ballet versus going I was to just going to talk game.
3: about that. I was yeah. just going to talk about that. That was such a great amount of fun because he had the program, <laughs> and then he kept correcting. Oh yeah, we got hot dogs at halftime intermission. Right. And then he said, uh, Oh, so how'd you enjoy it? You know, and he's looking in there reading right out of the book. She could tell he was lying. And that ended with what I don't know who came up with it, but one of my favorite lines from the show when she grabbed the thing from, Yeah, how did it end? Uh, You didn't go to the ballet, did you? Yes, I did. Then how does it end? The audience wakes up and stumbles to their car. Yeah, yeah, that, that was so much fun.
0: When's the last time that you watched an episode you said you, you mentioned?
3: Well, um, you know, they come on now, some of these retro stations uh, like Laugh, or some of them will run three, four, five, six in a row. And particularly the episodes, uh, the original producers, Matt, David, and I, who created and executive produced, the first two seasons, I mean, literally, we were hands-on every scene. So the first two years, whenever I see those shows, I just still laugh and I still marvel at particularly Pat Richardson. To me, Pat Richardson was the glue of the show. I mean, you know, she was strong enough to go up against Tim. And if we talk about the beginning of the show, I'll tell you how we had a woman before her where it wasn't working. And um, also she was funny, dry. she was a mom with boys. You know, the one thing you learn about actresses is they don't want to do, they hate to do domestic chores. They don't want to be seen doing laundry. You know, we've had actresses say, well, I'm not doing laundry, you know? And, and the funny thing with Pat was she said, well, I have three boys. Shouldn't I be doing more laundry? Meaning we weren't giving her enough laundry to do. So she gave us the perspective of the real mom. And, uh, the the battle lines were there she was trying to domesticate the boys tim wanted you know was making them manly men and uh so there was fun in the way that they interacted on that and she was just um, so strong and so much fun and you know and she had strong points of view too which are good you have to have that and that came through in the acting i remember one time <laughs> She said, she's really going to hit me, you know, And this scene where, you know, <laughs> he would get drawn up in this and he would react to her. You know, she was strong and you'd get real honest reactions. Um, so, right.
0: I think I remember him talking about that where he, he called cut and he asked her if she was OK. And she's like, no, Tim, this is acting, actually.
3: Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if we talk about the pilot, I can tell you the difference between the way Pat Richardson did the dialogue and the way the previous actress did it and why Pat made the show a success. If we didn't have Pat, this show would have been more of Tim going down to tool time a lot, more male friends, not much going on at home. But Pat made it a romantic comedy, a domestic comedy, and um, a great comedy about a family. So you, the whole show was three shows in one, if you think about it. Really? Romantic husband wife real discussions on everything from getting my own checkbook to whatever else was there you had this incredibly wild tool show where he could fall three floors through a ceiling through a roof and still live you know uh power up uh with a jet motor uh a lawnmower i mean all these things and we had a terrific crew that would do anything we suggested like can you give us some um, a power tool that you know that, that you can rev up like a like the engine of a, a boat motor. Guys would love that. Can you get a, a, a refrigerator to hurl across the uh, set? No problem. We can do that. So we had a great crew that loved, they loved to be part of the action. Oh, we can do this. We can do that. And that helped when we were, um, we would, you know, get down to, to doing some of those things. But when you think about it, Tim should have died at least 10 times if you're a normal human being <laughs> on some of the stuff that went on.
0: For sure, especially the
1: I think my favorite the roof was, and
3: oh yeah, that was one of my favorites because we did it in a way that the audience wasn't expecting because he jumped over a, a wet spot, then he said oh and here's another one and and then he went right through the roof, but the other time was uh, when he got the piece of table stuck to his head,
0: yeah which that was also so great,
3: yeah in fact
0: huge, huge laugh there when he walks in
3: Pat got one of the biggest laughs ever when. He said, well, I was the emergency room and they said I wasn't a high priority. And she said, why was there someone there with a the whole table stuck to their head? <laughs> and the audience went crazy, you know. And, um, and, you know, she could do that and you still loved her and you knew, you know, they, they, they could get away with that. Everyone understood where she was coming from, you know. So,
0: anyway. Right, she had a lot to put up with.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think, Women said, well, you know, she's, she's married to the guy. You know, we like him. Because Tim said things that, especially in the pilot, uh, that almost got the pilot not shown. With the original pilot, um, we used some lines from Tim's act. And one of the lines from the show was, hey, women, uh, what do you think of us? You know, hairy grunting, you know, men, blah, blah, blah. And um, they all went, yeah, yeah. He said, "Too damn bad, we own everything. <laughs> a lot of the the shows that became famous, All in the family, the people hated that show too, because Archie was such a bigot. But once they aired it, it, it was so extreme. People, people really, you know, came on board. It's a danger when you're creating a show sometimes to uh, get get the studio on board. I mean, I think now, with more variety of, uh, you know, Amazon, Netflix, extreme shows it doesn't matter anymore you know it's about anything you think of uh, somebody will air and it'll get an audience or not there's a niche market for
0: any program
3: yeah absolutely
0: i think people forget this about home improvement that in its heyday it did have better ratings over full house friends and seinfeld uh what Uh, do you think made that success
3: well, uh, I will say at the beginning, we were in a great time slot, so people came to watch the show. I think uh, Tim's character was so much fun. I, don't, I think there was a niche there. Uh, I think you could look at that show, and I think just about everybody thought they had a dad, a brother, or a husband who thought he could fix things, and that show had never been fully exploited. Now, Matt and I, Matt Williams and I, two of the producers, we worked on The Cosby Show, and Cosby kind of did that a little. He always wanted to fix something. He wouldn't do it right. But Tim, of course, had, had the real knowledge. The thing with Tim was he was convinced he could always improve something. You know, he wasn't just an, a numbskull. In his mind, he was powering up the world to make it a better world. The whole pilot is based on him putting a dish with egg yolk in the washer, in the dishwasher, and his wife saying, you can't do that. Well, what do you mean? We had got to scrape the egg off. I have to scrape food off to put it in the dishwasher? I can fix this. No. Um, And that became the whole drive.
0: That's a a way to do a pilot. Well,
3: I like the pilot. I think it established the show. It established tool time. It established a dynamic. The other great thing about our show was you had the next door neighbor, Wilson. On most sitcoms, you're always looking for who is the confidant. The person you can turn to, like Lucy to Ethel, you know, on I Love Lucy Ethel, you know, well, let's do this. But all he had to do was walk out the back door and go, Wilson, I got this problem. "Mm -hmm -hmm, So what is it? And then they would have, you would get what he was thinking, what Wilson was thinking, then he'd mangle that. But so there were a lot of things to like. And, of course, the boys were just this whirlwind of kids for the first two seasons. And, you know, so it was fun to write. And I will say, after having written for TV for many years, you work just as hard on a show that is bad just to make it acceptable as you do on a good show to make it good. But when you work harder on a good show, you know the end product is going to be so much more fun. And believe me, we've created some shows that were only adequate that you just kept pushing and pushing to try and get to another level. And and, and Matt Williams always said, and he's right, 95 percent of the show is made in pre-production. If you don't have it right there, if you don't have the right character, then then you're stuck.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah. Think about the shows that succeed. They have extreme characters. All in the family. We worked on Cosby. He was an extreme dad. We worked, uh, you know, when, when they always say on Seinfeld, the show's about nothing. Well, it is. That's not true. The show is about four passionately selfish individuals who's, you know, who are always reacting to their world in a way that uh, is extreme. You know, didn't get the wave when the guy, I let the guy in, or, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and, they, and they were situations people could accept. And they were extreme characters in their own way. I mean, those people would go to great lengths to do things. Uh, and because they were pushed by their selfishness, um, they would get themselves in trouble. And, and, and it was always fun. So
0: we talked to Richard Carn recently. Tell us from your perspective how he became a regular cast member.
3: When we first met uh, Richard many, many years ago, he was, you know, he was in a Broadway musical. He could do a lot. But he sort of got cast as the stoic guy named Al who's, you know, trying to be patient while this other guy is ruining everything, you know. And he almost helped create that character. The first time we we created tim's assistant his name wasn't al it was uh, glenn we had actually a, sort of a deal with Stephen Tobolowski or an understanding that he would be doing the role but he was doing a movie so we said "Well, we'll get somebody else to play you that character and we'll make him a different character and then you'll you'll come in well we got rick and if you see in the pilot he barely had two or three lines and uh And we didn't, you know, we just said, look, now, Rick, you'll play this guy. We'll just call him Al. And, you know, it's not going to last a long time. But then Tobolowski couldn't do it. And then Richard began to uh, get that kind of stoic guy that just looks at him. You know, uh, you think Al when they blah, blah, blah. And he just looks at him and says, I don't think so, Tim. (laughs) First time we saw him do that, we hit the deck. We said, this is the character. You know, we don't need the big, tell nervous guy. We've got the competent guy that... And we, and all the other things that he could do it, which really are against his personality, the shy guy with women who's, you know, uh, overly sensitive, you know, that's not, he, he, he helped bring that in and we had so much fun with that. And then how many other shows can you have where the lead insults this guy? Like, you know, Oh, here he is, Al dinner for Juan Borland. you know, <laughs> and he would always get his comeuppance because he would screw something up or Al would help him. So these are so many different ways that any other kind of character, like audience would hate. Cause you know, a guy that insults Al is not, not going to be liked by the audience, but he always got his come up and says a result of that. Um, and he had a
0: similar dynamic with Jill as well. It's really great that you guys decided to find the right characters to cast for both of
3: them. Well, I'll, let me tell you something. We did not start with those characters. We even had a different guy that we had cast as uh, Wilson. He was a big guy with a deep voice, younger, wild hair, and we explained you're behind a fence and blah blah blah. So he gets the script about, you know, a week before the pilot or his part, and his agent calls and says, uh, "What do you mean he's behind a fence?" He says, "We told him that." No, no, he's not. Com- he's not coming in. So we add this audition, and we find Earl. Now, Earl brought many little touches, too. Like, we get to the pilot, we're reading the pilot, and instead of him going, no, Tim, he goes, no, 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 Tim. You know, all those little things he would do, you know, hidey-ho neighbor. Um, In regards to the woman who played uh, Jill, Francis Fisher. Now, Frances, if you see her in uh, Unforgiven, very strong woman and you you know but sometimes things don't work that way in comedy like in the pilot when, when tim said hey i can fix this you know i'll power it up and she says don't touch the dishwasher when francis did it, it was almost like a plea please you know you're beating me to death stop stop torturing me and and the audience didn't seem to enjoy that at all Yeah, that's
0: probably pretty it, uncomfortable
3: yeah and then suddenly you've got this overbearing guy and a weak woman and you're thinking uh oh the audience is not going you could tell and then when she went in the second scene and said all right i'm, I'm she was going off to get an interview for a job she says now you're not going to touch a dishwasher are you I said, hey i'm not a kid you don't have to tell me twice and he ran next door to wilson and said, hey wilson have you got that generator i'm thinking of rewiring the dishwasher Well, when Francis was in the show, the audience kind of gasped, like, what? You're actually going to do this? But here's what was fascinating. The next scene when he's actually doing the dishwasher and it blows up and he's running around, you know, the audience loved that. And they they were loving and loving and loving. And then she came back and it was death again. So we really had to make a replacement. It was supposed to be eight days of rehearsal. We replaced her on the sixth day of, of the rehearsal. And so we managed to have a meeting that day with Pat Richardson. She comes in the next day, just fresh to rehearsal. And by the lunchtime, people were raving about what was going on down there. And as soon as Pat, as he said, I'm going to, you know, power this up. She said, don't touch the dishwasher <laughs> the audience started cracking up and you had it you know you had it it was there it was gelling now and everything just just popped from there you realize you you've, you are looking at a hit show and i remember david McFadden, who was one of our partners you know trying to say something profound he he just pointed to the stage after he says well all up to them now i said them what do you mean we're gonna come up with 99 more of these what do you mean them we gotta write these you know so but it it felt like that like you know david and i certainly had no history of a hit show matt had you know created roseanne Um, but it was just astonishing well you knew this was going to be a hit show all you're worried about is nobody has... Please, nobody got down in a plane crash. I mean, we had a hit show here. We 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 didn't have it right at the beginning, but we were saved somehow. <laughs> like, by having that sixth show... Well, by having that sixth day of rehearsals film, we changed actors. By having that first guy say, I'm not going to show up, we got a better Wilson. By having this first guy not be Glenn, we got Al, and Al was much better than Glenn. So... Sometimes, you know, somebody has their, has a hand on your shoulder.
0: A couple of years ago, I heard some, some talks from this, from your perspective, is there any possibility
3: for a home improvement reboot? I don't think so because, uh, that would be, uh, that's been brought up, but I don't know who's really interested. Um, I think, I think, you know, Tim, look, Tim had a very successful show on his own. There was no reason for him to, I mean, in these reboots, of course, the, all the main actors don't come back either.
0: On every episode of our show, we make a wrap up about the show that we're talking about. So we'd like to ask for references from Home Improvement.
3: Does everybody know what time it is? Um, That'll be fun. Uh, tool time. Um, more power. It just needs more power. Um, I don't think so, Tim. Perfect. Um,
0: Love him. One um, more. One more.
3: Um, Heidi-ho, Tim. Heidi-ho.
0: All right, Carmen. Thanks so much.
3: All right. Talk to you again or see you soon or who knows. Does
1: everybody know what time it
2: is? Uh-huh. Tool time. Tool time. Hey. Boom. Goes the Explosion. It's Tim the Tool Man and Al Borland, hosting the show that's about improvement. But tickets over rinker and ignores the floor plan. He wants to improve, but he dismantles. Well, Al disapproves in his beard and flannels. If you need some proof, watch Tim electrocute. And instead of raising it, he falls through the roof. He can use a parachute for all of the falls from the very very top into the bottom of the wall. So let's give it more power. Stupid up on a whim. How you wanna try it? I don't think so, Tim. If it's a mower or blender, he's gotta make it better. That doesn't make a difference to his wife, he's gonna upset her! Life gets more complicated when he's working at home. Tim's married to Jill, the role of damage control. She doesn't go with the flow, bro, she goes toe to toe. And you heard Carmen tell me she's the glue of the show. Raising their three kids that got some dissonance. Working out the differences, but the difference is. The neighbor Wilson is just over the fence. Dropping knowledge, helping to ignorance. Man, I got a problem, will you do me a favor? Then step into the backyard like Heidi Ho, neighbor. Shakespeare and Proverbs, you be learning some stuff. Then when he heads to solve the problem and he mangles it up, but his heart changed. Their love remains. Their family reigns for another day. Then next week, it's the same thing. In another way, we'll hear him say. Does everybody know what time it is? Uh-huh. Tool time! Tool time! Hey! Does everybody know what time it is? Uh-huh. Tool time! Tool time! Hey! Dingos!
0: If you like the home improvement rap, you can check out the music video on YouTube. And for updates on future episodes, you can follow us at Spitcoms on all of our social media.